This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me, you not gonna do nothing, you are not above me, I bet you wish you was me, I know it, I know. What is poppin' everybody? And welcome back to another special episode of the Only Friends Podcast. But you know, I'm here with my only friends, and that includes my boy, Tortu! I'm back. We're back. We're fucking back. I don't is know what my I thing is. Shirt? Is it because I wore the turtle shirt? I saw it. I looked up and I was like, wow, the tort. Yeah. When, when does Guapo get the, uh, mm. the lead in? I almost said Guapo uh, today, yeah, but I was, yeah. to th- I was trying to think of something to do. Like, as I was saying the intro, I was like, damn, I'm thinking I'm going to do Guapo today. Dude, but I it's it's you, actually a really easy transition because instead of Tortua. It's Tortilla. There we go. <laughs> there you go. The, the most impressive part about the entire intro is from him going from like 100 to zero, he's just like, what is popping? And welcome back. <laughs> like, how does he do that? <laughs> you, you really missed the, the opportunity on Cinco de Mayo. Oh, oh I know. Yeah, I was right. here, right? That would have been good. Were you not here? Nah. You were in Reno? Yeah. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of good tacos in Rio. Yeah, mm-hmm. Lots of tacos. Yeah. Actually, uh, funny enough, the hotel I was at, um, there was, it was just all Cinco de Mayo. Like everything. There was Yo, this, turn your volume down. Turn your laptop volume oh, down. Oh, shit. Fish. <laughs> Fish. It's like we're running a show here, you know? Come on, man. It's 100% you all the time. <laughs> there it is. Ninety-eight yeah, percent. There it is. That, that's that's the guy you guys all have fucking winning a bracelet this year. <laughs> My God, real into the maths. Ninety-eight percent. So anyway, the hotel you were staying, the down bed, whatever it was. Atlantis. Atlantis. Silver, nope, I was at the Silver Road Legacy. It's a Harris property, Caesar's property. You know, and um, yeah, it was nothing but um, a lot of Spanish people. Like, uh, they had the Cinco de Mayo thing, and I was like, I didn't realize it was Cinco de Mayo. And when we left, Corey had said something, and I was like, oh, now it all makes sense. <laughs> I had no idea. Why were these margaritas half off? Well, no, they had, like, every beer, uh, Mexican beer v- vendor mm-hmm. was out there. And I just did, I couldn't put two and two together. Like, oh, okay. I that's, guess it's just, That's you know. right. Conrad Simpson, he just brings, <laughs> he levels up the program, you know, really makes it a highbrow show. Mm-hmm. Brings in the culture, the yep. intellect, the math. That's what we're here for. I know. We got it. So what are you, what are you getting laid? Like five to one on bracelet bets? Maybe four to one? I mean, you're clearly a massive favorite. Uh, it's probably yeah. like 125, mm-hmm. but you know, I'll take 113. I almost got got I mean, today. you have 300 chances probably, right? <laughs> to, to win one. So. What, what did somebody say? 41? No. Deeb goes, what would you want to uh, crossbook a bracelet bet versus me? And I said... Uh, mutually played or my schedule versus your schedule if the latter eight to one and the way that I arrived at that in my head was if I think I'm 35 to one to win a bracelet and I think Deeb is like you know four to one or five to one to win a bracelet then it's somewhere around eight to one to split the difference yeah no but I don't think not. that's how the math works no, no, yeah no, I don't I don't not. think that that I, I and think, that's why we have our boy Berkey here he's the math wizard I, I think I, I think my gorilla math sold me a bit short there because mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> a very good player just snaps in and goes, "I'll give you eight to one yeah, against Steve." Of, of <laughs> course. I'm like, wait a second! I instantly regret what I've written here. Now. <laughs> I'm a little bit 18. of a tangent, but is Sean Deeb usually like a top five pick for the for the draft? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if there's be. any year to bet against him, this might be the year because. 
He's gonna still try to train what, like five days a week. He's on a new diet. You realize, yeah. I feel like he's you, you realize be so he went down to exhausted. Uh, you realize he went to the lodge and won the five k yeah. yesterday, right? No, no, no. I get it. But <laughs> the lodge is way different than playing a full schedule at the World Series. Like uh -huh. he's putting in twelve hour days, five, six days a week. That man's built for this shit. All All right. Right. I will say that as somebody who probably takes my time in the gym more seriously than my time at the table during the World Series, it's fucking hard. Yeah. To stay on a regiment. Yeah. Like really, really hard. You definitely, I mean, granted we're doing the podcast also and that's, that's another monkey wrench, but it's really tricky to carve out space to sleep, train, that's eat the thing. properly right. and play. Right. You have to like, you have to get up early if you want to get your workout no, in. He does have an advantage because he's not, he's not like the a no limit start later. Right. Yeah. The missed games start later. They start like, later and they've but, reduced the, the, the schedule a bit right, this but year. For someone like you or like, you know, people that are playing no limit specifically. Those in I mean, years in years past, the most success I had was just lift, lifting at night or on dinner break. But the oh, problem okay. is, is that uh, I don't want to go to like a commercial gym because I'll, I'll just I know what I'll do. And you don't I'll have just, time to drive out to your gym. I'll just train back, into yeah. like shitty maintenance programs where mm -hmm. like I'm not pushing my strength, I'm not pushing my conditioning, I'm not pushing my ability to cut like. I basically would just like have, I'd be floating through the next 45 days, which is fine if like making money is your number one objective, but it's summer, baby. I'm trying to, I'm trying to have a six That's pack, whatever I'm rolling wouldn't into the, the 4th of July, you know? Wouldn't the optimal training be in the morning? Cause I'm assuming after like a 12 hour day of playing, like how much energy do you really have to like lift? Well, it's, it's, it's more so a matter of like, what's your time window between going to bed and waking up? Because, like, if you play, say, so say, which I'm not going to. Honestly, I think even if I get a bracelet bet down, I'm not going to play this event. But if you play, like, the 300 Gladiator. Can't wait till he registers You have it. to play I that can't if you have wait a bracelet bet. You, you have to play that if you have a bracelet bet. How could you skip it? Honestly, I feel like the only reason I would play it is. 12 extra chances. I really feel like the only reason to play it would be my victory tour. It would just be like going in and playing this down bad fucking tournament where everybody's like, good job there, my bro. We're pulling for you. That would be great. And it would be funny that like you finally win a bracelet and it's in a 300. It's right. the gladiator. Right, right, exactly. But, Honestly, which it, it'd probably be more impressive because there's going to be 20,000 people. Well, the point I was trying to make is like that event ends at like 4 a.m. No. Yeah. Yeah. The 500 last year was bagging at 345. Yep. That doesn't sound right. Okay, well, it's I'm right. I'm positive. I bagged I bagged, I bagged the, the 500. Yeah. At, at, Could you see straight? At 4 o'clock in the morning. No, 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 no. no it was like 2. Uh, you made the money at 2. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's, he's I right. I think I bagged around And two. then the turnaround time was like 11 a.m. for the day 2. Well, here, we can figure it out. Wait, you just going to look through our past schedule. text messages? Oh, yeah. Well, no. I'm, I mean, for, <laughs> for, for this year's because it doesn't matter what happened last year. Well, this play, um, you play down to a certain percent, right? Oh, yeah, maybe you do. Yeah, you play down to a certain No, I thought percent. you play so many levels, no? No, last wow. year it was a certain percent. Not they played to like 5% Oh, that's something. right. And these yeah. shit shows you play down to a certain percent, and they just go forever and ever. <laughs> and then you're like, what the fuck did I do? Why I did I reg? It, I cashed it twice and didn't make day two either times. And, mm -hmm. like, I didn't, like, just sneak in either. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I like cashed it and played for like 90 minutes. Yeah. Okay, this isn't as bad as you thought. Um, it's, uh, you play um, 22 levels, uh, which are half hour, or uh, down to 15% of the field, whichever is later. Oh, okay. Whichever oh, is oh late, yeah, yeah. Whichever yeah. is later. But, but um, yeah, so at 
22 levels. That's 11. Yeah, I mean, that's going to get 15% in the starts, money. I think it starts at 10 a.m. So it starts at 10 a.m. I think it started at 10 a.m. last year, too. It might have. Yeah, it probably did. 15% is just like making the money. Correct. Okay, last year it wasn't. You definitely didn't make the money and quit. I think they played to like 10% of the field or something like that because you made right. the money and you, you grinded right, right. on. So I think, I think they rectified that because okay. you're right. It, I mean, it was late. I know it was it was past 2 o'clock, which is still it, ridiculous. And also, like, your flight right. could have been earlier, but, like, when I played D&E or oh, you whatever, played a, a whatever the ladder flight. Oh, you played a flight that started later or yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. I just remember that. That might be true, too. I just yeah. remember all the complaints. I just remember all the complaints in the chat about what, like, what time it was going to end. Like, should I even yeah. play it? Blah, blah, blah. I definitely played flights where... Uh, you were getting rolled back on day two where that obviously wasn't the case necessarily for the early mm -hmm. flights. They were the ones setting the, the press. You might actually start with less chips too the, in this one. It would make uh, sense. Yeah. Anyway, the whole point that I was trying to make is right. that if you end at 4 a.m. and then you have a day two the following day at like 11, mm -hmm. when are you getting a workout in, man? Yeah, not, yeah. I mean, like, I don't even know if I'm making the first level. What do you it mean? Just jerk you... off and go to sleep. Yeah. Call it a workout. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jesus Christ. Stranger things have happened. I, uh, I don't know yeah. if that's going to get deep the the million he's looking you really, to acquire. You really can't miss the days where you, where you have the free time to, to make the workout. And if you don't feel like doing the workout or you don't feel like you're like, ah, you're just like, okay, this is, I have the time to do it. I, I really got to make sure I get it. In. I mean, that's true of like, that that's true of like me and you. That's not true for deep. Like deep cannot miss days, period. Oh, specifically deep. No. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. like that, you know. 40 whatever it is 47 days 49 days 50 days mm -hmm. whatever like yeah. that's you know 50 training days where I, I don't know what his current regiment looks like but like if i'm in his shoes locked into that bet you're looking at four to five hours a day dedicated to exactly this mm -hmm. winning this bet yeah it seems him making bracelet bets this year is is just uh counterintuitive yeah that's what i was yeah. thinking as yeah. well yeah. yeah yeah i agree the man's gonna win a bracelet the man's gonna win his weight and loss challenge. Yeah, I think so too. He's honestly just going to crush. And <laughs> well, that's yeah, that's, that's kind of the other thing yeah. too. Uh, not that he has a ton of leeway, but if he doesn't make any progress during the exact like exactly during the World Series, if he makes no progress whatsoever, but also doesn't really fall behind, he's still going to be on schedule, in my opinion, yeah. to. To perform, to yeah, to, to win this this bet. So there is, I guess, the caveat of like, yeah, if I had as much on the line as he does, I probably would make it my job uh, even during the WSOP and maybe play a letter schedule, maybe not chase POY, maybe not make any bracelet bets kind of thing. But um, if you fuck that off and you put more emphasis on the poker aspect, probably still going to do okay. Do you think that the gym helps you with playing? Me personally? Yes. Oh, God, yeah. I think so, too. It's the only me, thing that keeps me emotionally grounded. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think it helps me, too. Like, just helps me, like, clear my mind. And Wait, I, what? Yeah, I, don't, I don't do it, but, like, I oh, think... When I did work out, like, it helped me clear my mind. When I, I, was I thought you meant... I thought you meant that uh, you, you, you thought the word gym meant weed. No, no, no. <laughs> but um, it's it's hard to... I think it's hard to, like, to quantify how much... It, it can help a person, but I think like doing the little things, getting the workouts in, maybe some meditation, eating, eating well, like it, it can't hurt, right? It can only help your bottom line. So I think doing it is just, it's just going to benefit you in general. It so just I think, improves I think, you. yeah. So I think, I think doing all these, honestly, these things are, are good and you're kind of just built for the, like right. the, the last haul. Yeah. Like it's, you just, I don't know. You're in this gritty mode. Mm -hmm. Like, I honestly think 
Steve's going to cross this summer. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's my perspective on like working out and training and a big reason why I do it is just like being that regimented is a big product of like how my mind works and uh, keeping that like inner grit. But for you, like what you're describing as far as like a little bit of an endorphin rush, uh, clearing your head, allowing you to, to kind of like reach balance, you should just walk the dogs every morning. Yeah, something like, like that would work. Yeah. Like legitimately, if you got 20 minutes of sun, just uh in a in a state where you're not rushing yeah i think you'd be shocked at how much it would reset your mood like if that's literally all you're trying to to manufacture you don't care about like aesthetics or strength or conditioning or anything like that but you're literally just trying to reset mentally in some capacity something as simple as like just walking a mile with the dogs in yeah. the sun Agreed. would just go uh, i mean the days that i'm able to wake up and not immediately grab my phone but instead take the dogs for a walk or hit the sauna night and day Night and day compared to the ones where it's like I lay in bed for an extra 20 minutes scrolling and then now I'm late for whatever it is I need to do, podcast, gym, whatever, mm -hmm. and I rush through that, miss the sauna, miss the dog walk, or put it back till later in the day. It, it's, it's not that my day goes to shit, but it's just not as, um, uh, I guess, not as efficient um, top to bottom. Yeah, I kind of you know? got the same thing from honestly going in the hot tub in the morning. That's weird. Like, it's just like... It's it's just kind of stressing. Like if you go in the sauna in the morning, it's the same thing as a hot tub. You're in 104 degree. Like <laughs> it's not the same thing. I mean, yeah. no, but it is. Like you're still gonna feel like I understand the you. Effect. You're under a little bit of heat stress. Uh, saunas or uh, hot tubs weird to me. I don't even know why I got one. I hate them. I mean, with the sun, it's fucking. It's pretty hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like <laughs> we're in Vegas, man. It, it's definitely not a sauna, but no, uh, for me, the hot tub makes me fatigued always. Yeah, I think that's what I'm looking for. I think it's the fatigue <laughs> that does it for me. That's weird. Like, like just a slight bit, bit of fatigue because I'm already wired up in my life. End of the day, like, I could enjoy the hot tub. Yeah, I think like, I like the fatigue in the morning because, like, it just, I'm always wired. Like, come five o'clock in the morning, I'm out, out. Like, I'm up and out. So it's like, you know, I think I need something to, like, calm me down a little bit. I think that's why the gym was good and, like, hot tub. So you're getting I, back in it? Nope. What you're saying. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna push back a little bit on this bottom line thing for Sean. I actually think this might be his toughest series and maybe not even his most profitable. I think just being, <clears throat> and someone mentioned this in chat and it's true, I think being at a caloric deficit, um, training in the mornings and then putting in long hours, I just think it's gonna be much harder for him to have a, a, a good year. Not just somebody said that. King Efro said that. Oh, excuse me, King Efro. Yeah, all right, get it He right. doesn't necessarily have to be at a deficit though. Or at least not. He's a at a deficit compared to what he used to do. Oh, uh, sure, but like, um, my my point is, I guess he doesn't need to like, like, uh, I don't know exactly the t what his team has on on the books for him or whatnot. But like, say he's been eating at like twenty percent deficit leading up to the series, and he's starting to get a little accustomed to that. I think rather than generally, what you do is you do like a, a, a progression, right? So say he starts at eating at like 15% caloric deficit, starts to see some results. Well, you'll reach a plateau. So maybe like in two weeks, you reduce, uh, to, you reduce it like maybe one or two percentage points per week, right? Until uh, you keep creating new normals. Um, I think that like as he reaches the series, if he's at a certain deficit and he's starting to feel pretty comfortable with that deficit where it's not affecting his... Uh, his hunger or his uh, ability to think things along those lines he could probably just maintain that for the six weeks like not have the like you can reshift your goals right it's not just all about weight loss it's also about like 
uh, strength gain, ability to pack on some muscle and things like that. He could just spend this next six weeks uh, putting a big emphasis on maintaining at, while trying to like convert as much fat to muscle as possible over that time frame. You- now, it'll require more strain in the gym. But that seems like a pretty good trade-off if you have more fuel than at the table. Okay. Do you know how to guarantee that Deeb wins this summer? No. Tell him you can't. Guapo, you want to prop at me? Oh, hundred bucks. <laughs> there it is. That's so, it. For yeah. you, so for mm-hmm. those of you that don't know, I think I've made about five prop bets here, and, I, and I've lost all of them. So it hasn't gone very well. Your record ain't good, cuz. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good, cuz. It's really the only person that Conrad can beat in a prop bet. I don't lose prop bets. That is true. Hold on. I don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about, all right? Like, oh, other man. than, like, the stupid ones I make with you every once in a while, I have a you, very you good just, prop I'll tell you what, buddy. You just keep riding that Cincinnati bandwagon mm-hmm. all the way to Listen, the fucking bank. You guys yeah. realize. Why, I, do you, why do you love Cincinnati so much? Um, First of the all. The Bengals. They just the beat Reds. the Mets. Oh, no. It's just everybody you guys hate. Do you, you guys understand that? Well, start <laughs> jumping on the you, Cleveland game bandwagon. Honestly, I'm getting on there next. You might actually win that one. Right after you they might fucking the, get rid of the show and watch. <laughs> you might win the Reds one. I know I'm going to win it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know you're going to win TJ Friedel's out of his goddamn mind right now. That's my boy, man. I know he is. That's what you guys are crazy betting yeah. against your shout friends. Out, shout out to TJ. He's a... Uh, He's a gym member of ours. I'm not saying like he goes to a gym. Literally, the gym I go to is called the gym. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's one of the guys who gets trained there. Uh, Before we go on any further, I have a few things to announce. You guys are going to get pumped for this. Um, We are going to start doing a giveaway every Friday starting tomorrow for the next six to eight weeks. Actually, probably throughout the whole series. I'm not sure yet. We, we, We haven't come to a a full decision but it's going to be members only giveaways every friday so uh it's going to be a big thank you and a uh, give back i suppose to all the members out there as we mentioned the members are going to get to qualify for the ability to uh be a part of any one of us on the tag team i think what we're going to do is probably give away like one a week starting tomorrow um we're also as always going to have an academy seat saved for one lucky member um probably going to give that away next friday actually we're definitely going to give that away next friday uh if you're interested in the academy now that we've reserved one seat to give away i believe we only have two seats remaining so be sure to head over to academy.selfwide.io we're giving away a seat yeah all right we always give away a seat who are we giving it to do you not listen they gotta win something (laughs) jesus christ man are you even on the show <laughs> what the fuck just happened? Do you guys want to win a seat? Oh my god. Uh, um, so if you're not a member already, go ahead and click that link in the description below. It'll be well worth it. Uh, so there'll be six people who qualify to be our tag team partners. We're going to be giving away an academy seat next Friday. Uh, we'll put up more information about that on social. And I think we're going to do. Um, uh, I think we're going to do like a 25k fantasy draft again. Uh, and make it available to members only. That's so awesome. uh, we'll we'll come up with some prizes, uh, maybe some cash prizes, maybe some some uh, strategy stuff to give away, whatever. Uh, and we'll just open it up to only the members. I think that makes it a lot easier mm-hmm. rather than what we did last year, where uh, we just opened it up to the public and you know became a nightmare to kind of control from well, our side. Wasn't it like five hundred last year? That was uh, that was the. No, we did ODB's twenty five K draft. Well, we twenty five hundred draft. Yeah. And then we I created a, a fantasy draft of sorts for the WSOP main. 
Oh, uh, okay, okay. Um, but I think like we'll just do both again for members only, right? Okay. It, it just makes sense that way. I don't have to collect money. Mm -hmm. Like them just being members qualifies them, and we can just put up a prize pool. Okay, cool. Seems a lot better from both sides. Mm -hmm. Collecting the money was an absolute nightmare. We got nothing out of it. Um, Did you know that Chauncey has an Instagram? Yeah. His handle is Chooch. I'll scratch your ass. No, that's not true. <laughs> what are, what are I, you I, talking about? Guapo Choto. Yeah, I took, some, I took some liberties there. Mm. <laughs> he actually has an Instagram. <laughs> Does he really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I wasn't aware. <laughs> yeah, Marley made one for him. It's, uh, it's like Chooch or something like that. Okay. <laughs> He's a good boy. He did scratch my ass good. Um, what the hell was that? Was going to transition into something? Now I don't remember. Did I fuck you up? Yeah, yeah. You might. Mm -hmm. well, I mean, you got me pretty good with the. What are we giving away? Oh, oh, <laughs> the, the, oh you might say the tag team, right? Yeah, yeah. Team. yeah, yeah. Why am I censored? My nipples not even out. Yeah, your nipple was definitely. No, it's out. out. It's nipple, out. They've been oh, talking yeah. about your nipples yeah. for like at least twenty-four minutes. You know this shirt. I don't get it, man. It's. I'm I'm broad in all the wrong areas. I'm gonna buy you some pasties. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. Buy him some buy him some sleeves. How about the tassels? It's summertime, man. We don't need <laughs> just like some nipple tassels. Yeah. Guns yeah. out, guns out. We were talking about that last night at Caitlin's birthday. Big shout out to Caitlin Kameski. Happy, Happy birthday! birthday. Happy, Happy birthday, Caitlin. Uh, we were talking about Landon's first strip club experience, and I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa. like let's be clear, this was not really a strip club." Uh, and what it was, I can't remember the name of it, but we went there. Uh, our friend Britt is like an aerialist. So she was performing like every 30 minutes in this burlesque show of sorts. Uh, it was actually a strip club, but prior to midnight, the girls aren't nude. So they wear like tassels and then, you know, they just dance around or whatever. And they're all like, you know, 40 something Eastern European women <laughs> <laughs> with these like nipple tassels on. And Landon walks in and it was like the den of sadness to him. <laughs> he's just looking around. He's like, I feel so awful for everybody in here. Dude, working at a strip club is so overrated. I did it for four years, and I remember when I first got hired, I'm like, this is going to be awesome. Yeah. It's not. It's actually kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what strip club did you work at? Uh, it's called Spearmint Rhino. Oh. oh yeah. The strip club. That is the strip club. I've only been to the strip club three times since moving here. All three were Spearmint Rhino. <laughs> All three were bachelor parties. Oh, yep. Oh, oh. What? What's um? <laughs> tell the story about your one time at Spearman Rhino, which with Denny. Yeah. Oh jeez. No, let's leave that one Bro, alone. Fucking. Ah. I think, I think Denny was out of pocket, man. I think Somerville has a pretty good one too. I think uh, I think Dnex took him out to a, a strip club when he won his first bracelet. Really? Which, yeah. <laughs> That's this actually is, pretty this funny. Is before the big announcement. Yeah, so. yeah, of course. Uh, my friend. Well, my best friend Jace was in town for his bachelor party and a lot of our high school friends came with, Denny being one of them. And Denny's married to way out kicked his coverage. He married like <laughs> he married like the the number one athlete of our high school. And we get out here and he just blacks the fuck out on Lake Mead when we, we go boating during the day. So we Listen, come back to people, the house. People don't understand like they come to Vegas. They don't realize that that sun, they go out and drink all day in the dry, dry air and the sun beating down on you. It does a number on you. There's been many victims. I mean, I mean that, that would make you tired, right? Like, why does that make you 
incoherent. It just makes you drunker. It just makes you black out quicker because you're just so dehydrated. Is that true? I literally yeah, have so. one drink when it I'm out, like, out in the sun and yeah. I'm fucked up. Then he was fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> then he was real fucked up. So we go back to the house and we get changed and we're all, you know, going to Spearmint Rhino. We have like one of those party bus limos coming to get us, which, by the way, this was hilarious too. The driver calls us and goes, Hey, uh, I need to pick up one of the dancers from the airport. Do you want me to scoop her first <laughs> so she can dance for you guys on the way there? Oh, you're missing a very important detail. Go on. Uh, before uh, the bus came, we, you know, we came back from Lake Mead. We decided to go get all oh, you she, can eat. Oh, yeah. All you can eat sushi. Oh, I f yeah. That is housing a, all you can eat sushi. This, then go to the strip club and blackout. This is a what very, wrong? very important detail. <laughs> very important. So Denny is not on an empty stomach any longer. Hmm. Uh, we all we all hop in the party bus. We have this girl. By the way, how impressive is this girl? She gets on the bus straight off the airport, right? Starts dancing, and uh, she like bends over, and you just see this bedazzled jewel. I'm like, what the hell is that? And she's like, you like my butt plug? It's like, when did you sit that in there? Like, at what point? Is this mid-flight? I mean, yeah, before, after, during. Well, like, what, what amazing sleight of hand. Uh, so Denny's already like, you know, kind of nodding in his chair. It's 7 p.m. <laughs> we we no, go, it was a little later than that, but yeah. We go to the strip club. I hand Jace a thousand dollars and I say, have fun, buddy. <laughs> and then I just like, you know, hang out in the front. And, like all the girls know it's a bachelor party. Mm. They all come up and talk to us. And my whole thing is like, I don't want to be there really all that much. Uh, so I just try to generate as much free conversation as I can before they realize like I'm not the customer they're we, looking for. We just for. got a thousand dollars super chat from Danny. It says, please stop this. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting next to Denny. And these girls are like coming up, sitting on our lap, chatting with us. I'm like getting the full life stories of, of these girls. Like I'm just enamored by, by what led them to this. Like I was going to be an astrophysicist and now here I am. <laughs> so, you know, I'm chatting them up. It's like, you can do anything you want. Like, just, you know, you stick to it. And Denny, Denny's racket is he's telling all the girls that he's gay. So every time they sit on him, he's like, no, 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 honey. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't like girls. And it's working. They're like trying extra hard mm -hmm. now to get him to like get a dance or like, you know, like he's just getting full fledged butthole in the face. And I'm like, what, what is happening right now? So finally he disappears, goes and gets a dance. Jace comes up to me. We've been there 35 minutes <laughs> and he goes, bro, I'm out of money. <laughs> I go, Jace, I gave you a thousand dollars. Lap dances are 20. What are you fucking doing? Champagne room. No, yeah. that's the worst part was it was abundantly clear. It wasn't like he did anything. <laughs> anything bad he just got robbed yeah like no. he literally it just got like, robbed they're like oh he he's he's the bachelor okay and then two girls just whisked them away into like the abyss he's yeah. gone and he comes back and in like then, yeah. 15 minutes he's like i'm broke and it's like you could say no when you're back there you don't yeah. have to just empty your pockets yes. little negotiation you know yeah it's like come on man like what are you doing here so now then he comes back and uh, he's like sitting there and now he's like dead behind the eyes, right? Like he's had his lap dance. He's had his fun. He can't even pull off the I'm gay racket any longer. <laughs> he's just sitting there like, and I'm like, oh boy, buddy, let's, let's get you home before 
Jace makes me go broke and you get us kicked out of here. <laughs> so now it's like nine o'clock. We've been there for 90 minutes tops. And I was like, come on, man. I got an Uber waiting for us outside. Like, let's, let's get out of here, you know? And he's like, all right, all right. So I get him in the Uber. Nicest Uber driver I've ever had in my life. Like uh, younger, probably like mid to late 20 something Asian guy had the whole car decked out like you know the chargers the waters everything that you could imagine but he did not have the thing that he needs most <laughs> when he picks bag. up denny from the strip club <laughs> and that is plastic on his seats <laughs> so we're like halfway home on spring mountain uh we were staying on like rainbow and flamingo i think like halfway home and i just see him like get this look in his eyes i'm like don't fucking do it man yeah, he's gonna do it for sure and he just like gives me a look with chipmunk cheeks and yeah, i'm like don't happen. fucking oh, do it it's me oh, <laughs> projectile no. vomits all over the back of the uber driver's seat oh. and the only thing i can muster up in the moment is saying did you eat fucking oats <laughs> that was rice that it was just looked rice. it just looked like he had an entire container of quaker oats mm. like mixed with milk and threw them that all over the scene i'm so that glad sticky, sticky sushi I, rice i'm so glad that i did not answer your call that night <laughs> you fucking called me at like two o'clock oh. in the morning and oh i needed a ride so bad it was to pick up daddy yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I was trying to have I was trying to have somebody pick him up so I didn't have to Uber out of there. Uh, yeah, it was, and the guy was so nice. It's okay, man. It happened. Then he just continues to puke. Oh, oh my! And he God. just continues to drive. <laughs> <laughs> we finally got we finally got to the destination. I'm like, I'm so sorry, man. I don't know what. And he's like, it's okay. And he has like some cleaner in his trunk. He's getting after it. So I leave him like a $200 tip. I'm like, this is the most expensive fucking bachelor party I've ever been a part of. <laughs> did, he did he get you charged a 250 as well? That's what I was no. going to say because uh, I know Uber, you yeah. usually get like a nice little compensation. It's a 250 um, clean cleanup mm. fee charge. Yeah. Mm. No, uh, he seemed to be happy with the tip. Uh, so we got out of that one. You, want, you made $50. I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, I, I don't know, man. That was a, that was a rough one. I... I would have loved for anybody else to have been. And then everybody else got home like 20 minutes later. Yep. <laughs> That's great. What the fuck is going on here, guys? guys well, Jace all, was out of everybody's money. Everybody's out of money. Nobody has any more to give Jace. Like, and I know I wasn't the only one who gave Jace money either. That's the worst part. Like, I know Skimpy gave him a few mm -hmm. bucks. Yeah. And, like, you know, everybody yeah, was kind of, of throwing him a few dollars here and there. It's like, this guy's broke 30 minutes into the strip club. Like, act like you've been here before, man. Jesus. Oh, he's from fucking... Uh, Where are you from again? Leechburg, Pennsylvania. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, you, don't, you, you don't think he spent any time up in uh, up in Catanning at the at the what the fuck was the name? Teasers. Teasers. Well, man, been Teasers. Well, man has been to Teasers. I've never been there. Me either. I've never been there. No, I'm, I've heard stories. Uh, way about too it. afraid of running yeah. into somebody I know. Lamana was a, a Canadian strip club type of guy <laughs> when I when I realized. That's fact. <laughs> That's you can't facts. not go to the Sundowner when you go to uh, when, you, when you go to Canada <laughs> to play poker. Sundowner, twenty two years old, and you know you're uh, got a lot of money on you. <laughs> <laughs> Online poker was booming back then, man. We used to play. Somebody had to get the money. We used to uh, we used to play this five five or five ten game at Salamanca Casino every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and sometimes it would get a little light on players, so it would break early. I remember one night it broke early. It was me, Greg Lamana, and Brent. But, you know, Brent lived an hour in the opposite direction as us. So we left, and as we were leaving, this guy Chris, 
they used to play with us uh, pretty much weekly. Um, probably like 15 years older than us, probably like late 30s when we were in our early 20s. It's like, where are you guys going? We're like back to Erie. He's like, oh, okay, me too. You guys want to go to, uh, what the fuck was the name of the strip club in, in like the East Erie area? I can't remember. It was BYOB though. Uh, and we all ended up there. It's just like, maybe you weren't with us. I don't, I don't remember that, but maybe. Yeah, maybe you weren't Who with knows? us. But we somehow, I didn't realize like Chris was from like near Erie, like not close, but like not far. So we all end up in like this down bad college town strip club with like, it's BYOB. And I think Greg, I can't remember who was visiting, but like there were girls visiting us. So we tried to take them as well, but they wouldn't let us bring them in for whatever reason like i can't remember if it was because uh of their age or because of alcohol or like whatever the case may be and it turned into a whole debacle and chris just powered through went in by himself <laughs> called it a night oh, man. I, damn something completely blacked all right never mind i quit <laughs> all right well let's get to this viffer chat then these spaces have been popping they're not telling these are stories. they popping I mean, I, they really do need to shift off of uh, what they are, and they need to shift on to these kinds of stories, I think. I think we need to hear more about like the debauchery that used to take place in the early 2000s rather than uh, some deadbeat debts and uh, whatever the fuck Eden was talking about for 26 hours yesterday. I, I don't even... I- for some reason, I feel like he's been on for like 48 hours straight. It might still be going. It might still it, it be going. It is still going, or it was, it is still going right now. I oh tuned in, God. I tuned in uh, right before Caitlin's birthday, and he ended the space. Then the REA space began to discuss the Viffer Jungle Man debt. Uh, I left for Caitlin's birthday. By the time I came back, three hours later, Eden had started a new space. Yeah. <laughs> Like, bro, when do you sleep? And that's, he was, when he ended it before the birthday, I think it was like 24 hours. Yeah, I think so too. I, I, I it was funny. He, he goes, he goes, uh, like I popped in real quick. He goes, oh, we have Matt Berkey here. Like, thanks so much for shouting me on the Only Friends podcast, catching me snoozing. <laughs> <laughs> I think that clip is just so hilarious. This it's woman's like trying great. to tell a hand history and he's just in the mic going, <laughs> <laughs> I spent this a uh, total of 87 seconds in there. I'm very proud of myself for such things. Good for you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm trying to kick the spaces, man. It's like a crack habit. Like, I just can't spend this much time with these people. Like, <laughs> can't lot. we all go back to tweeting threads and shit? Like, yeah. just for a day. Yeah. You know, cleanse the palate a little. Um, but yeah, these spaces are, they're, they're interesting. There's a lot of stuff going on. Um, you know, you do feel a little bit of FOMO whenever they're, they're just rocking for hours on end and you're not paying attention. But I was able to catch the, the first third i guess of the rea uh space last night where they were discussing the viffer jungle man uh debt and i find this to be interesting uh at least interesting enough to bring up here because i have experience with both jungle man and viffer both positive uh i enjoy both of them for very different reasons uh and i know that this has been like a really ongoing thing um it was compelling to hear everybody talk about it because the general take the general takeaway was that like Viffer is just kind of uh, grasping at straws here. But we all love Viffer and know that like this is a tough spot to be in. So I think everybody was like willing to hear it out and hash it out. So I guess let me catch everybody up on the details of of what this is all surrounding. Um, 
So for all of you who may be living on a rock, are you aware of Durr? Have you heard of the man? We've heard of him. You've heard of, you've heard of Durr? You remember the Durr challenge? Are you talking about the guy that lives in Macau and he's owned by the... Um... Possibly. We don't know. <laughs> he's an enigma at this point. Um, so the Durr challenge was a full tilt promotion of sorts where Durr was laying three to one on 500K that he could beat anybody at Heads Up No Limit Hold'em or PLO. Minimum stakes were 200, 400, and the bet was 500K to win 1.5 million. So um, they would be playing high stakes, no limit, or high stakes PLO uh, with a side bet of uh, 500K where Durr was laying three to one. <laughs> he won the first challenge versus Antonius. He beat him out of 2 million. Uh, they were supposed to play 50,000 hands. Antonius quit after 40, and they settled the rest on the side. Uh, I assume like the 500K and whatnot. He conceded. Jungle Man was the second uh, competitor. They played, uh, I think, something to the tune of 15,000 hands. So roughly one-third of the challenge. And Black Friday happened. Uh, once Black Friday happened, now, I'm certainly skipping over a lot of details. because They played 20,000 okay, uh, so 20, 20, hands. 20, okay, yeah. yeah. So about, I guess, 40% of the challenge. Mm -hmm. um, now, once Black Friday happened, a lot of things, you know, got thrown into a whirlwind uh and Durr just stopped playing jungle man uh in the challenge and from what i understand i i didn't follow this that closely but from what i understand there was opportunity for them to finish it um i guess Durr had played isildur thereafter lost a bunch of money um he also played i believe ryan fee and maybe a few others all while ducking jungle man um and the agreement was that Durr would pay penalties uh, all throughout. So fast forward to now, and I'm not precisely certain of the number, but it's somewhere around 1.3 million. So Durr has paid like roughly 1.3 million in penalties, uh, which I believe they've now conceded the challenge as being over and basically saying like Durr owes the difference to get to the 1.5. Right, so basically, the challenge has been conceded. Durr owes the grand total of the side bet, which was 1.5 million, and it sounds like he's paid, I don't know, 90% of it, give or take, 85% of it. Um, so he's paid somewhere around 1.2 or 1.3 million of that side bet. Now, where does Viffer get involved in all this? Well, he and Durr were friendly, or friends, I guess, throughout this whole process, and uh, Viffer was super flush back in 2010, 2009. He was... A major staple in the high stakes scene uh you guys probably remember him from high stakes poker from poker after dark he was a he's just a, a legend in the gambling world um he put down a bunch of action on Durr's side and from what i gathered throughout listening to this space he had uh a 10 percent cross book with jungle and then a 10 percent cross book with uh, Scott Palmer. Scott Palmer, who, as best I can understand, Jungle Man bought that bet from Palmer. I don't know at what point that happened, but everybody in the space seemed to agree last night that if Palmer had lost the bet, any arbitrator worth his his uh, like worth a grain of salt would have ruled the Jungle Man owed Palmer's side. So it appears that everybody's in agreement that. Um, Viffer and Jungle basically had a 20% cross book when it's all said and done. Um, Durr beat Jungle, or sorry, Jungle beat Durr for 1.2 million and change. 
uh, like 1.25, something like that. So it sounds as though 250K is agreed and everybody came to a consensus to agree that the crossbook at a bare minimum is owed. Uh, now, Viffer's stance was that because this was a full tilt promotion and they were the ones throwing the marketing dollars behind Dare to uh, initiate this challenge, that when full tilt collapsed, uh, the onus should fall on them, not on Durr, to kind of um, concede the match or, or to uh, pay the difference. And I kind of understand where he's coming from, but where I think the failure comes from is that the bet wasn't made with full tilt. So full tilt didn't serve as the book in this instance. And if they had, then I think Viffer has a really strong case, mm-hmm. right? If full tilt was the one booking all the side action, uh, then of course it would probably be written into their guidelines that this falls under no contest. The same as it would if uh, you book a baseball game and it gets rained out, right? right? Books already have that language into uh, their contracts whenever you're betting. Unfortunately, when you make bets on the side based off of a market that's dictated just by um, you know peer-to-peer, you're kind of at the mercy of the players involved and the decisions that they make. So in essence, if Durr concedes, so does everybody who bet Durr's side. And I think that that's the, the area that's a little bit gray that Viffer's kind of arguing against, is that like uh, Durr's concession was only in his best interest because he could afford to concede and his reputation meant more to him than you know playing this out or uh, fighting it and getting a lesser penalty or anything of that sort. So it gets like really confusing. Um, but on top of that, there's a third layer to this. It appears as though Viffer also had side action that I guess correlated to the three to one side bet. So it sounds as though he was also laying odds on Durr to just win the challenge outright. And from his perspective, the challenge was never completed. So he's making a strong case, or he's making an argument, I should say, that he shouldn't have to pay that side bet because uh, Full Tilt collapsed and Durr and Jungle had never actually played the 50,000 hands. And that's what he was laying the 3-1 to price on, was the fact that they would play over a large sample what do you guys think as far as an outsider's perspective um from the the two different the two different aspects like starting with the cross book like how do you feel uh that should be handled even though it's been 12 years wait so what happened no i'm just joking all right (laughs) (laughs) so the latter of what you said like the 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 that the it didn't complete yet Mm-hmm. I'm actually on his side, I think, about this one because he's betting on an outcome like he is betting on the 50,000 hands to be played mm-hmm. or whatever the case, whatever amount of hands it is. Um, as for the cross book, I think that has to be paid. Like, um, yeah, I get that the, it, the challenge isn't complete, but at the same time, it's a cross book and not... Um, it isn't relying upon the, the completion outcome. of the, that. Exactly, yeah, right. the completion. completion of the game. Whereas yeah, that, one that is. Makes a lot, that makes Cross sense. Crossbooking yeah. is something I hear a lot. Can you kind of explain mm-hmm. what so, that is exactly? So say I'm um, playing heads up with somebody for 100 bucks, right? And somebody else crossbooks me 20%. So we're, we're crossbooking 20% of that action. Right, I, so 
uh, you're just you're just reducing the stakes down to that percentage level. So if Dara loses 1.2 million and you cross book 10%, then you owe 120K. Okay. So I I don't know. I think the, like I said, the one that included the completion shouldn't be paid. I think that's null and void. Well, I think, here's the thing. I think that uh, the pushback to that is that the completion is... The quit? Yeah, I mean, there's no... There's not there's nothing written into it that says 50,000 hands have to be played. Mm. Right? Like that wasn't necessarily agreed upon. Now don't get me wrong, uh this is 12 years old and obviously the bet was made very frivolously. Yeah. Like if you look at the airball challenge that I just had, it was very clear to the betters how this match ends. Mm-hmm. It can only end by somebody losing or paying a million dollars or 100 hours being played. Yeah, I right. actually now that I think about it, the fact that jungle, I mean um Durr played other people afterwards is kind of pushes back against the completion part. Right, and Durr's like still in action now, so it's not like as if they couldn't have found a way to, to continue to play if, if they had cho- so chosen to do so. Were there any heads-up matches going on throughout the full tilt time that continued after full tilt went down? Well, I think Jungle and Durr actually played at least a few sessions once full tilt came back. Okay. But no, the challenge was only him and Antonius, which Antonius conceded, mm-hmm. and then him and Jungle thereafter. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know, it's kind of tricky. I would say that he definitely owes the um, the cross book. That's not even a question. Yeah, I agree with that. So, uh, and I think even even Viffer agrees with that. So now there's this two hundred fifty thousand dollar outstanding debt uh, that Viffer owes and is admittedly saying he can't really pay. Okay. What then do you think is a fair compromise now that it's been 12 years for him and Jungle to work out? I mean, that goes on. It's going to have to be however Jungle feels, honestly. Like, it's, this is on Jungle. Well, like, kind he, of. He's owed 250. Uh, of course. Like, he can agree to, you know, it's on him to agree to the terms. But what I'm saying is, in a situation where you understand that the debt can't really be realized, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, I mean, Jungle almost has to, like, Sure, he gets out. a public win here, right. but... Well, yeah, he I mean, kind of just has to figure out what he can get. Yeah, no, no. And, and then, or, or think what he thinks he can get, and then, and then try, to, and try to, like, negotiate. Honestly, that. if I'm Jungle, I'm like, if you want to make this right, what, what, like, how much could you pay? Honestly, when mm-hmm. it comes down to it, how much could you pay and still live your life? Like, right. to a certain extent. Yeah. Because when it comes down to it, it's, like, 12 years later, and, like, he, it looks like Viffer kind of wants to make things right or something. Yeah. I don't know what's going on right now. It's I, way I think, too much. But I think, personally, if I were Jungle, I would offer him two options. I would offer him a, uh, a, a yearly, like, slow payoff. Payment plan. Yeah. That, that so, seems like the most yeah. reasonable thing to so do. So, like, just try to pay right. me 25K a year for the next 10 years. Yeah. Interest free. And it's like, that's already a huge deal for Viffer because, you know, it's now 22 years that he would get to pay off 250K, right. where, you know, Jungle could have been earning off of that 250 the whole time. Of course. Uh, or pay me in one lump sum and I'll give you a big break. So, pay me like, you know, 150 in mm-hmm. one lump sum. Or in one year's time, right? So you can either pay me the full thing over the course of ten years, or you can pay me like you know sixty percent of it uh, in one year's time. Yeah, and I'll accept either. Uh, yeah, but like, 
Is there any way to enforce this? Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, Connie. What, what if Viffer's just like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm just not going to pay. Like, I mean, it's very, very that, viable. Yeah, but he's that can this isn't something yeah. that he, he's literally. He was there for 11 years. Like, he doesn't have to be put in, bring himself into the spotlight right now. He's, no, but he's in the spotlight because I think that the public perception of Viffer is that he watches on bets or watches on on debts, and that's not necessarily true at all privately, right? Like, this, this, like what he's doing now does show uh, good faith. Like, he's trying to reach a resolution even if it's one that is a little bit skewed towards his bias right for sure uh so i think that his reputation matters a lot to him i think that you know he is in the gambling world and probably will always be in the gambling world in some capacity he has a lot of his friend base here and he probably wants to make this right if for no other reason than to ensure that his name still has like uh some good standing within the community mm -hmm. uh and then from jungle side it's like yeah, it's a large sum of money. Like, it'll always be a large sum of money no matter how much you're worth, but it's not going to change his life one way or the other. Yeah. Um, so I think, like, trying to reach some sort of resolution here that allows you to get paid something is a lot better than nothing. It also shows, like, a lot of grace and um, leniency, I, I, I suppose, sure, uh, sure. to a debt that is 12 years old. When it comes to gambling debts, though, as far as, like, litigation, no, there's, there's nothing that can really be done, right? I mean, there might be like, a, well, here, here's the, the simple, simple answer. Yeah, there might be enough, um, there might be enough on record, like between texts and conversations and everything else where Jungle could win a court case, a civil case. But then what? All that happens is Viffer gets sued now for a quarter million. Jungle wins that case. They both owe lawyers and he still can't pay. Yeah. That's so it's wash. like, it's so much better to handle this in, in, the way that they are going about it right now, in my opinion. Um, and there's still something else like looming there. It's, it's still a matter of this side bet. Like what, if anything, do you feel that Viffer owes from the side bet? Um, yeah, I don't know about the side bet. He was, so he was giving three to one. I think so. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, I think so. It's so annoying because like, like when you put something like a bet like this and you're giving laying three to one, you, there should be an end time to the bet. So like right. 50K hands or something like that. Well, and that's, like, that's the issue is that from his standpoint, uh, the odds didn't factor in an early quit. Exactly. And right? you don't get like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's so fucking, it's so finicky. I think a very <laughs> fair compromise would be him paying 40%. Because that's what the challenge was. That's how much of the challenge was completed. 40% of the three to one. Uh, of whatever the side bet was, yeah. Okay. Like, I don't know what that number is. I think they were saying something like 85K or something like that. Yeah. Uh, the issue that I think that's also running into, and uh, again, I'm just reading this secondhandedly from like the text messages that Jungle shared today, um, as well as having sat through that space for a por portion of it last night. Uh, Viffer seems to want to basically put him and Tom kind of as a package deal. So I think like he's fighting for the fact that like, well, if I win the compromise that I only owe 40% of the side bet, then Tom should also only owe 40% of the side bet, in okay. which case now he's owed a refund. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. So that means he, right. Viffer had Tom action or Viffer's trying to work something Either out. Either way, uh, like whether he yeah. had Tom action or like Tom Kicks can, him back. can kick him back a few bucks or can like help him pay off the debt himself or they can lump it all together and now Viffer's kind of off the hook. I don't know. But my whole point is is that whenever you, when you start to, to, to try, 
now it becomes slippery for jungle because now he can't offer much of a compromise if that's the case. Yeah. Because it now sets a, uh, it sets a different precedent than what has already been set. Yeah. Durr has conceded the challenge. Durr has been paying off the penalties. Durr owes, you know, a small amount left on the side bet and seems to be working towards paying it. And that was all a concession that he had made. If jungle now turns around and says like, all right, Viffer, look like you, I think you owe me the entire side bet based off of what Durr's actions were, but I know you're in a hard spot, so I'll cut you a break. You can just pay me 40%. We'll call it quits. If Viffer then says like that sets new precedent, Viffer's a genius. <laughs> where now Durr, sh- Durr deserves a refund. And he's trying to get it arbitrated where, where he's like, you know, either we, we settle this where we kind of like squash it or we take it to arbitration. And if we go to arbitration, uh, I think that people will rule in favor of Durr where, you know, he only owes 40% of that side bet instead. Yeah. In which case now. My God. It's so tricky, somehow man. he goes into this. Owing money, or knowing he owes money personally, but somehow he might be able to collect a check from it. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't think sure. he'll necessarily be able to collect a check, but I yeah, think he not. may be able to, like, you know, watch, get, watch the debt. Yeah, watch his the name, debt. which right. is collect a check, yeah. honestly. You know, he's, yeah. owed, he's owed X amount. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a very tricky spot. Um, and I, I don't really envy anybody having to come to a conclusion. I no. do think that, like, you know, from my standpoint, like somebody who's been in this industry for a long time, I don't really think there's a whole lot of leg to stand on whenever it comes to, uh, in this instance, Durr only owing a portion of the side bet. Reason being is the same, uh, the same reason why if Airball had quit me, he would have owed the entire million, right? right? Now, granted, we had something in place where it was like for every match that he ducks, he owes 10K. And once that 10K accumulates to a million, then he's scot-free. Um, so we were a little bit more careful with the language that we used and like how everything worked out. And it was a lot more clear, I think, to everybody who was side betting, et cetera. But Jungle Man absolutely has to be compensated for the fact that the match didn't finish because he was willing to finish the match, right? So I don't think there's any world where we can make an argument that Dur only owes 40% of the side bet. I just don't think that that world exists. If you want to create a world where like outside bettors who bet under the premise that the match would like always conclude only owe a portion of the side bet, I'm, I'm okay with that, right? Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't impact the person directly. Like imagine if this wasn't a debate between uh, Viffer and Jungle, but instead like Viffer and some other third party who would just bet on the match. Um I think like now it's just kind of like up to the two of them to reach a compromise and, you know, speak with an arbitrator if they want to and, and kind of come to a conclusion where it has actually no bearing on the, the outcome of the match itself. But because Jungle was involved, now Jungle was kind of in, in control of setting a precedent or setting a new precedent mm-hmm. by uh, trying to offer a little bit of grace. And that becomes a really slippery slope because if it then spins around to, okay, well, now you owe Dirt 400K in, in, uh, in return. Back to X. Right. Yeah, it's just My like, that, God. That, that can't really work that way, I that, don't think. I, what was this other um, Viffer thing? Viffer Deeb? Uh, that, I don't know. I, it seems as though, I don't know, man. I couldn't really keep up. I didn't listen to that space. Uh, it seems like it had something to do with Viffer Deeb and JRB. Yeah. Uh, and it was a very small number. It was like 25K or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and best I could tell, like, they, 
they like loosely lit i I, honestly if i had to guess it probably had something to do with the dirt challenge as well probably like a side bet or something along those lines um but i believe the outcome was they let josh aria and maybe rob young yeah it was rob young uh arbitrate it and they said vifford didn't owe correct and uh i think that that was pretty meaningful because i'm pretty sure that oh here we go d bought viffer's debt from jrb oh okay okay without viffer agreeing to it okay 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 Uh, yeah i think that that's pretty clear cut uh well hmm d bought from viffer so Viffer owed like 25k to JRB. JRB sold it to Deeb for probably less. And now Deeb. Hmm. That's tricky. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I think I agree with the ruling. Uh, and I imagine that you just have to factor that into the discount that Deeb paid uh, to buy the debt is that you're just not going to be able to collect. Right? Like that's why you buy the debt cheap. So say it was 25K and D bought it for like 15. Yeah. You're getting the 10% discount because like you're just not going to be able to collect, you know, 40% of the time. Yeah. And I think this falls under that where it's like, um, it's, it's, it's weird though because like obviously Viffer doesn't. Also, JRB still breathing. Well, <laughs> I mean, if, if, if Viffer doesn't owe Deeb, then he definitely still owes JRB, right? I, I mean, <laughs> so now JRB just gets to double collect. <laughs> But I would imagine, I would imagine if that were the case, if Viffer did pay JRB, then I think JRB would have to refund Deeb, right? Like he can't double collect on yeah, the debt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, right. Um, yeah, buying debt doesn't really work unless you're dealing with a third-party entity, uh, like a like people were selling full tilt dollars. I think you know the going rate was like eighty cents on the dollar back when it collapsed. That works because you just collect from the individual that sold mm-hmm. you, right? Yeah. So like, there's no there's no third party withstanding. It's just a company. Yeah. Um, people were buying like FTX debt debt at like ten right. cents on the yeah. dollar and shit like that. Uh, th- these are just balance transfers. So like, that kind of works. It doesn't really work all that well whenever you buy up debt unless you're in the mafia, right? <laughs> so, like, you know, grandma's not going to go to. Josh Arie for arbitration. He's just going to show up at Viffer's house and break his ankle. Sure. <laughs> and say, you, you owe me. <laughs> you know, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, but the, honestly, like, I know that this all appears annoying to the outside looking in, especially because I think the poker community as a whole is, uh, it's divided more so now than ever, where there's like the elder statesmen who are around during all of this time. And then there's everybody else who not necessarily by age, but their time in the game isn't all that much. So there's plenty of people my age that have only been playing for like five years. And this is just noise to them. They don't give a shit. Like that's not part of their environment. There are people like Landon who this sounds like folklore to, you know what I mean? (laughs) So Um, the Paulo, sorry. So the Paulo said, so, but Viffer still owes that money to someone. Are you all saying that he's off the hook now? What does it matter who the debt is sold to? I don't understand. How about you don't read DePaula's name just because he has a check mark too? We literally just addressed that. I love DePaula. We literally just said he owes the money to JRB. Yeah, that's what. Okay. All right. That's what I thought. <laughs> that's what I thought. That's Shout what I out thought to DePaula. Fuck DePaula. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, DePaula, I can't wait to have you back in studio here. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do? Three days just a week during the series? Annoying the shit out of we, Berkey. We're going to get uh, it popping this summer. Yes, can't wait. 
Let anyway, me know when you're free. <laughs> as I was saying, I think it's important that this stuff plays out publicly because it does allow people to understand like what the gambling environment is like at its core and was like mm-hmm. before we kind of got into this more uh, advanced space, right? It's still like this behind closed doors. We've just created a lot more fail safes uh, in place with hard vouches, with uh, you know keeping receipts, having messages back and forth, all this other stuff. Um, on top of that, though, I, I think the way that you know back then, all you, your, your biggest concern was that somebody would welch on a debt. Mm-hmm. Now your biggest concern is that you're getting cheated out of debts, you know, and that there was uh, every time a prop is offered or odds are laid or whatever the case may be. You have to do so much due diligence to ensure that one side isn't scumming the other. You have to make sure that like, I mean, I, I, there's a handful of prop bets that come to mind. I don't want to really go through them publicly because I don't have enough confidence to uh, necessarily insinuate that somebody was cheating or whatever. But okay. there, there's enough of them that come to mind where it's just like, it makes so much fucking sense that the two parties involved were working together, mm-hmm. right? You know, like what happened with Coleman? I, I mean, you know, you look at it from the outside looking in, almost certain he was just getting teamed up on here and the people he thought he was that that were competing against each other were actually working together yeah and that just happens so frequently because in any trust-based system you're going to be able to game it very easily by just you know earning people's trust and then rugging them right you know and that's doesn't just apply to gambling carries out into the crypto space and to the NFTs. financial markets yeah the <laughs> nfts like how many people are holding pepe bags right now right. what, what is all... the deal with pepe why do i see it all over my time so it was... it's just a meme it's a meme coin that that that, that they've been setting they up pump it up right and then all the developers make all the money and everyone is Dude, retails left holding the bag they've been that's... setting up this pepe rush for like three years now mm-hmm. so like there's a, a nft that's pepe i believe or something along those lines and like it's the frog yeah yeah, that frog that Joanne always sends. That's Pepe. <laughs> no, I know what Pepe yeah, is. Right. Yeah, so yeah. I'm saying, so like they've been just like, but why now? What what what's happening? Because like Mike Con was a big bag holder of Pepe, right? Well, he was uh, the NFTs, I believe. Not mm. the, I think the coin, the oh, shit the coin, coin just and the launched. NFTs are different. The shit yes. coin just launched, I think. Okay. The and coin the, just launched and 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 it went through the roof. And now it's right. obviously going down, and everybody should have shorted the fuck run, out of yeah, it. Yeah, right. It's just a pump and dump, and that's like. How does this still work? It, it keeps happening. We, like it's amazing that mean? people keep falling for Melissa it. Melissa showed people me. Right. Melissa showed me like the little right, misses or something like that. Most people lose money. Well, right? yeah, a very of small people, a very small percentage of people make a bunch of money. No, of course. And everyone else loses. Whoever's there at uh, seven a.m. when it pops up and, and they're like, and it's not a honey co- honey yeah, trap. But, right, but most. <laughs> Most of the time, it's like it's you know it's the developers and it's the it's the people at the top that make. How all can the money. he? How can he make the argument that people make money after he held Amazon Visa <laughs> stock for like you know? What is Amazon Visa? Well, whatever the fuck you had while you were dealing poker out loud, telling us how it was going to the moon and it was like zero oh, within an guys, hour. It was a honey trap. <laughs> no, that that like was all different. Those, so all those coins, that's literally the same thing. So like Pepe could have been a honey trap. It's literally the same thing. It's but, like you buy and then you can't cash out. Yeah, but like it's it's you know different. Like they all come up as like whatever, whatever kind of coins they're called. Um, Meme coins. No, but like they all just like they just pop up on the site, and you can yeah. just buy them immediately or whatever. And some of them are honey traps or bullshit. Coins. And some of them go to the fucking roof like Pepe, and you have fucking millions of dollars. Your whole life is a fucking honey trap, man. It is. I gotta tell you, <laughs> <laughs> fucking honey trap. I, I can't believe I got honey trap there. I was up like one point seven million. I, I can't believe. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's a honey pot, by the honey way. Honey pot, honey pot. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Don't forget, we are going to be doing member giveaways every Friday now, probably until the end of the World Series. Get that membership. We have a lot of good stuff for you guys, including an academy seat. Uh, the ability to be our tag team partners, mm -hmm. as well as uh, the ability to enter the 25K draft. Uh, we'll be giving you guys details throughout the weeks to come. Um, be sure to tune in. Tomorrow will be the first giveaway. So if you're not a member already, go ahead and click that link in the description below. It'll take you right to the page that you need to. Click that member button and, uh, and keep rocking with us. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be an evening pod. We're going to get lit on a Friday night. Mm. I promise you it's going to be a good one. We'll Let's see you guys go. at 6 p.m. tomorrow. We're getting drunk tomorrow? Peace. You are. Okay.